Hey, these are strange times indeed, and it's been a, a hard week to get through for a whole lot of people, including the Trill Billies. I think we're all feeling a lull um, and wondering how to proceed. And since we're um, some of us are traveling and on the road, we thought about taking a week off. Um, but I decided that I think this is a really important time to um, lift up the voices of women in my life um, because that's the source of strength that I've been able to go to um, this whole week while the Me Too campaign uh, brought back a lot rushes of memories of um, experiences that I've had and I've worked through with countless women in my life. Um, and as I watched women um, that I know both personally and on the internets over on twitter.com, <laughs> I um, struggled to hold it together this week. And I know a lot of us have. But as I said, what I have found the most strength in this week and throughout my life are the other amazing women around me. And I'm really, really lucky here in Whitesburg to have a crew of pretty phenomenal humans that um, I get to spend all my time with. I'm also very lucky to be here in Whitesburg because so many traveling artists come through here, musicians and visual artists. Um, and a lot of women who are doing pretty incredible things. So what I'm doing this Friday is packing together some interviews I've been able to do with fantastic women, um, female artists and organizers and just dream boats, <laughs> inspirations to me and everyone. Over um, the last year or two, I'm going to um, sprinkle in some interviews, some live performances um, of really important songs about women taking matters into their own hands um, and throw out a lot of shout outs. So buckle in, settle in, get a nice cup of warm drink or uh, turn the heat up in your car a little bit. Get as cozy as you can because we're about to have story time with Auntie Bernice. soul source of life. <laughs> they uh, birth every human and raise most of them um, almost single-handedly, nurse them to health, um, and women head the most households in the U.S. So the reasons to lift up the women in your life and turn to them in times of uncertainty are many. Uh, because we have made a way where there was no way. We have raised families when we had nothing. Um, we have brought life and joy and health and wealth into this world in unspeakable and unthinkable circumstances. And I'm so thankful to um, have so many powerful women in my life. And um, the men in my life, I, even the ones that I fuck with hard and love, do not appreciate or um, support the women in their lives enough. And for that, I can say with quite a bit of certainty. And I think that sentiment probably ripples out. So um, 
I'm going to kick this off with an interview that I did on my morning radio show here in Whitesburg with Amethyst Kia. She is a um, songster, as she calls herself, um, in a whole genre of her own that she calls Southern Gothic Blues. She's a black, queer, femme, um, fantastic musician, artist, and human, and I am so thankful to know her and just saw her perform here a few weeks ago over in Harlan County for the Black Bear Festival at the first annual Sorghum Stir-Off, that uh, old-time festival <laughs> mouthful of... Uh, babes it was really fun total babe fest but um and we think it'll be huge next year <laughs> but uh amethyst stopped by here at the apple shop about a year ago this time last year and did a live show with the local honeys and i was able to interview uh talk i was able and i was able to talk with her on the radio and we ended up talking of course about feminist theory and um, feminists and women working together in the earliest stages of the birth of rock music and women's role in that era and how it was largely erased by men but it was women that boosted each other up um, and created space for one another as we know is something that we continue to have to do today but we should be learning lessons so let's uh, kick it off and do a little learning with Amethyst Kia here. I'm just recently starting getting back into like reading, like just like, well, I mean, I read like online articles and stuff, but like actually like, like sitting off, not with a, looking at a screen and actually just reading mm -hmm. on paper, um, which is kind of a big deal because like your, it seems like your brain completely changes when it's looking at like I don't know if it's just because it's a tangibility or whatever mechanisms go on in your brain when you're looking at a screen and scrolling because there's always a lot of other stuff going on other than just reading something so to just have something in front of my face and just reading it without like you know scrolling or hitting links and stuff like I'm just looking at a piece of paper um, there's something kind of interesting about it like your brain slows down and actually processes what you're reading a lot better. So anyway, I've been trying to do that. So that's yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I feel that a lot. I'm like trying. It is. I wouldn't even say on air the number of books I've read since college from cover to cover. You know, oh, right. like it's so yeah. embarrassingly low <laughs> the number. Um, yeah. But I've been trying really hard. So yeah. I'm dying to know what your reading detail. Well, what's <laughs> well, what's funny is that the, what I've started reading is actually two uh, academic articles. <laughs> from grad school <laughs> that I didn't, that I never got to read. Um, so that's, that's my way of easing on back into like a book. Uh, <laughs> but one of the ones I, I just finished reading was uh, one about uh, Big Mama Thornton. Oh my gosh, I played her earlier on the show. Nice. She played Hound Dog. Yeah, earlier. man, she great. is like, Ugh, yeah. my goodness. And so this woman, I can't remember <clears> her name, but her last name's Mahone. Um, I can't remember her first name right now. But she's a she's a anthropologist and an ethnomusicologist, and she wrote an article about Big Mama Thornton, and really explored like how, and it was interesting because she kind of paralleled like how her, what she termed as like liberated black femininity, how that influenced like people like Elvis. Mm -hmm. Like that embodiment of just like being assertive, feeling free, not, you know, being able to perform and not feel like she had to adhere to some sort of like, you know, like a cult of domesticity or like this sort of like this damsel in distress that's, you know, kind of been heralded as being like the ultimate womanhood kind of thing in our society. And there is this one thing that she said that I thought was interesting uh, that uh, Mahone used a, a quote from an interview that she had, I think back in the, I want to say in the sixties where, she, where big mama Thornton talks about how there are some men, even men that she played music with that came across like they were jealous of her because like she would ask about, Hey, what am I getting paid? Like basic things like, Hey, 
are you going to show me respect and respect me and value me? Like her asking those kind of questions, like she would be called, you know, all kinds of names because she wanted to be treated like a human. And she made the comment, you know, when I go on stage, I don't try to be pretty. I was born pretty. And that really like resonated with me. I was like, wow, that is so cool. So, but anyway, like, yeah, I mean, she, just that the whole article was amazing and it just kind of explored like her her stage presence and how it influenced other artists and how some of those artists in turn responded to her um we're like Janis Joplin um unlike Elvis who he you know refused to like have her open for him or play any of his shows which she was obviously very bitter about that Janis Joplin was like oh my gosh I love you you're inspiring me come open some shows for me like she was very like embracing of her and like wanted her even though like (laughs) Big Mama Thornton is the one that recorded the song first and had a play in writing it but you know because of the times you know white artists had a better chance of like catapulting in the charts a lot more because of segregation or whatever and just the fact that you know in the 50s you had this white male who was just kind of like yeah okay cool you know like kind of keeping distance and then you get into like the 60s and early 70s and then you have this you know this white woman who obviously the times have changed even more so than in the 50s who's like actually embracing her um and recognizing her as being an influence whereas it's known that elvis had big mama thornton along other stacks of records of, like, you know, Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and stuff like that. But, like, he wouldn't really recognize, you know, black artists, you know, as being an influence, like, openly recognize it, whereas you had Janis Joplin, who was like, oh, my God, you're amazing, I love you, and you, sh- I want you to, I want to play with you. Like, so, it was just interesting to kind of see, like, over the years how how long it took before Big Mama Thornton actually got any kind of respect. But even now that she's still not really talked about when people talk about rock and roll, like people talk about Elvis and people talk about Lil Richard, but people don't talk about a lot of the female artists mm-hmm. that had, that had, you know, just as pivotal of a role in the music. So um, it was, anyway, it was a great article. So yeah. Let the choir say amen. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I'm doing okay for whatever, 930 in the morning, yes, I guess. Yes, yeah, that was a thesis. I'm so, I want to read the rest of it. <laughs> I want you to write all this. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, yeah. Um, even here on the radio station, we have there are several really great rock shows, and they're two hours long, and sometimes they play two hours of men. And I'll call the station and say, what was that? What was that? Get out of here. And so it's been like a funny thing that I'm the, you know, like I'm the police that'll call in and be like, I heard a woman on this station in an hour. <laughs> What's the problem? As you should, as you should, you know, because that's the thing is, is that's the thing is there's, there's so many people that like, it's been ingrained in all of us in this society to think certain things and make certain assumptions about different types of people. And so I think in a lot of cases, people don't really, not everybody, but a lot of people don't realize what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And if you don't bring it up, because obviously if you bring it up, some people are going to get defensive some, oh, yeah. And then some people Big will, <laughs> some people will be defensive. Some people will be passive aggressive. Like that's going to happen because anytime anybody's challenged with their beliefs, like there's going to be pushback, obviously. But like, if you don't bring it up at all, then, you know, there's always going to be at least that one or two people that are actually that you're going to stop and think about it. And that's who you want to get, you know, and as time goes on, hopefully, you know, more and more people will understand but if you don't ever say anything then you know and i've i've had to learn that because i've i've personally dealt with this kind of struggle of like knowing that something wasn't right and then not you know not saying anything because i didn't want people to be mad at me or like you know what if people don't buy my music if i say these things or whatever um and i'm almost 30 years old and now and i'm just like ah that's not you know i've got to like there's a way to do it where you can be constructive and I would rather figure out how to be constructive and say what needs to be said than to just not say anything. Because obviously you can tell somebody something and it not go over well. But if you know you've been constructive, if you know what you're saying is right and the other person gives you pushback, 
then at least you tried, you know, and that's what I'm, that's what I've been working up more courage to like challenge things and not, and do it in a way where I know that I did it the best way I could. I mean, that's all we can really do. So. Amen. Yeah. Conflict resolution lessons with Amethyst Kia. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I never thought I would write about high heels and Patron to put it in a song, but it worked out for this somehow. So. <laughs> But uh, I kind of have this idea in my head at some point I'm going to keep picking out more and more Vera Hall songs and just making a little project of it. But just because it just seems like it'd be a lot of fun. This one's called, did I already say the name of the song? I don't know. I said Another Man Done Gone is the name of it in case I didn't. First Feminist Friday live show was such an emotional one. Having Amethyst here at the Apple Shop with the local honeys was a beautiful, beautiful night. They performed together, May the Circle Be Unbroken, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house. I can tell you that. I think I might even uh, finish out this podcast with that live recording, so stick around for that. But before I kick off another uh, interview with uh, some amazing women. Uh, I think I want to spotlight a woman who um, is one of my best friends. And I'm not going to say names so that I don't, 
Um, I don't think I'll say any names to protect the guilty, but um, I want to spotlight a few of the fantastic women in my life. So um, we'll call this woman Buffy. And her and I have actually uh, worked together at three different nonprofits over the last eight years. And so we have obviously done a lot of learning and growing together. And we've done our fair share of fighting and not speaking. And God knows um, our love for each other uh, is pure (laughs) because we've come by it um, by hook and crook. And um, we've worked for it. We've done the hard emotional work of um, working through problems with one another. She's one of my closest friends um, and loved ones and certainly a part of my chosen family, um, which is what has made the last year of, uh, li- of loving her so wonderful be- because she has brought a little boy into our lives. So Buffy is a fantastic mother to a beautiful little boy who just turned a year old a couple months ago. We had a uh, first birthday party in the nearby community center that uh, was a Pinterest glory. (laughs) It was Pinterest wall to wall. It was really something to see. Um, And he was beautiful in his knee high socks and uh, number one jumper. He's perfect. And he is a foster baby. So Buffy is um, has went through unimaginable struggles in the last year and a half um, going through the foster process to adopt and um, I won't get into any more of that but she is a um, she is a saint with a heart of gold and in the last eight years that uh, her and I have been knowing and loving one another I've watched her do uh, countless selfless things for instance in the our first year of organizing together both of us right out of college Um, a horrible flood happened in Pike County on Raccoon Creek. And this wasn't a flood just from rain coming up and rising. This was a flood from a um, slurry. This was a flood from a silt pond busting at the head of a holler and a huge dam breaking and releasing water down a very tight one lane holler. And so Houses weren't just flooded, they were moved off of their foundation, cars were took all the way down the holler, Um, people's belongings were gone, just literally gone, taken down the river, um, because their whole road and, um, and house beds turned into the river, because this pond broke. Of course, the company has, um, was never charged and um, of course they were never able to prove this but um, that's what happened it was raining and it couldn't hold withhold the rain that was coming and so it broke and took out this entire community and Buffy who was a survivor of a flood when she was young herself so had all kinds of emotions and um, particularly hard um, experiences um, to get through herself showed up in boots and spent weeks with the people of Raccoon Creek trying to figure out um, legal action against the company and how to put their lives back together. Not even a year later um, and then over and over again uh, Buffy organized several relief efforts first for um, water and supplies to go to McGoffin County, uh, when here in Kentucky, when a tornado came through about five or six years ago and um, took out about the whole town in McGoffin County, Sayersville, and West Liberty. Um, and since then, she has organized countless release, l- relief efforts so that people here in the mountains could give what they could, give resources to give. Um, just the little that people had to folks who were dealing with climate disasters, hurricanes and floods and forest fires all the way in Gatlinburg. She even um, did this last Gatlinburg relief um, this time last year with a baby. And so that's a pretty uh, incredible thing for a single mom to do. So um, Buffy is one of my go-tos, one of my um starting lineup. She's certainly in my starting lineup. 
Fast forward to the next job that we had together. <laughs> Buffy introduces me to podcasts. Who knew the first podcast I ever listened to was because she told me to listen to it and I tried to do whatever she told me. And then she decided that we were going to start our own podcast in the new job that we were in uh, working with the public school systems to try to create um, some opportunities for students to uh, work with new media and to kind of boost stories of good things happening in our local rural schools. Uh, and so uh, the first time that we um, recorded together, we were really stiff and at least I was and sounded really funny. So uh, we started beatboxing to try to loosen ourselves up. And so somewhere in the archives, Buffy has um, a lot of audio of me beatboxing and um, I'm going to hope that it just never comes out. Um, but uh, I, I owe a lot to her for teaching me the joy of podcasting and um, learning how this can be a, a really fun and creative platform um, to express ourselves. And so that's been obviously been a pretty fun thing for me to do the last uh, six months or so with the Trillbillies especially since I have my first big live show coming up with Season of the Bitch in Chicago on November 4th, the Saturday after Halloween um, down at the hideout, I think, or the hideaway, I don't know, somewhere, somewhere spooky in Chicago. <laughs> I will be there with bells on. And hopefully a witch hat, if I can come up with one before then. I'm trying to also get a good wig for the event. Anyway, I'm very excited. But yeah, so um, big shout out to Buffy, who is uh, one of the most important people in my life. Um, and one last thing I'll say about Buffy is that uh, we came up with these alter egos, Buffy and Madison, <laughs> at our last job because we were miserable in staff meetings and we started doodling and passing back and forth notes like children. And um, we started creating comics with Buffy and Madison. Talking, We would draw out and write out the adventures they would go on and the dialogue they would have if they were in our <laughs> staff meetings. I'd like to come up with some of those sketches, too, and release those. We'll see what we can do. William's going to play for us. Play us out. So, um, you might know us as uh, the local honeys. And um, we, we play a tune that we learned in Ireland called Hairs on the Mountain. Um, Montana and I are starting a metal band, though, called the Vocal Bunnies. Woo! And hopefully we'll be at Seed Time next year playing everything that we already play, but just metal versions of it. But today we have our good buddy Anuette singing lead on Hairs on the Mountain. We thought we'd do a little three-part <laughs> harmony for you this morning. This is this is a Shirley Collins um, version of this ballad that we learned when we were drinking beers and uh, playing lots of music in Ireland. Very rigorous work. Here it is.
big audience in here to clap for you. I'm enough, though. <laughs> Thank you all so much. I've got this recording upstairs, so maybe we'll release this, uh, this uh, limited edition sweet track. The next uh, queen I want to mention from my coven we'll call Jules. She is um, an incredible friend to me, and we too um, are not without our struggles because that's what um, human relationship is. Building relationships with people over long periods of time is about resolving conflict and working through your things. Um, and that's one of my favorite parts about all of the women that I'm in such close relationship with right now is that we have done the hard emotional labor that you have to to be in community together to be accountable to one another to, to really support each other to know what each other needs um, and to be able to feel that fulfill those needs um, and we we all invest in each other in really important and beautiful ways and when um, one of us is down and we don't have anything to invest that's when we get the most um, and that's what community is. And I think we all have a lot to learn from rural people and rural community building because you can't you can't run from one another, right? So Jules, I met um, when I first moved to Wattsburg. She had just moved back home from college um, to move back home here to Wattsburg. And um, when I first met her, uh, we were at the bar and someone introduced me to her and um, she was wearing cargo um, camo cargo shorts and a tank top and she had on these big nerdy glasses um, with her hair slicked back and I just knew that we were <laughs> destined to be best friends um, so not long after that Jules was on my front porch and we were grant writing together find, trying to find our way through a grant application to organize the first stay summer institute which happened in 2000. 10 in Harlan County um, and we did we actually got that grant that we <laughs> drank beer on my front porch and wrote and we launched um, the Stay Summer Institutes which have happened every summer and focused on identity caucusing for young people all over the region the Stay Together Appalachian Youth Project has connected queer people and youth of color from all over the region um, in in an effort to connect people who are a huge part of Appalachian culture and living history yet their stories are rarely told um, and their faces are rarely used when people speak about the region you certainly won't hear their stories in trash like hillbilly elegy but the Stay Project is now about to turn 10 years old uh, next year. They're celebrating their 10th. And not long after that, uh, Jules joined the board of the Southerners on New Ground song, um, a group in the South that um, connects queer people to resources and builds power among people to... Um, be liberated in our lifetime her leadership building queer visibility in Appalachia is um, one of the most moving things I've ever been able to witness and um, the space that she carves out for young people for queer people and for people of color in this region to have platforms um, and have a say in decision-making from economic development to access to health care. I've seen Jules yell at the EPA and um, I watched her help hold up a banner in front of Hal Rogers face at a big event that said prisons are not innovation. She's led a movement against a prison in her hometown against the only prison that's being the only federal prison being proposed in the United States right now is USP Letcher here in Letcher County um, and she's been a big part of the movement to um, resist that facility she is part of uh, calls from home hip-hop from the hilltop crew that helps uh, bring music and calls from loved ones to our radio station every week um, 
for to share messages from family members to people who are locked up in our listening area. So um, we get letters from folks who are locked up requesting songs, um, and Jules helps make that program happen every week. I share an office with Jules, so um, <laughs> I lean on her a lot these days especially in these times of heightened visibility of trauma and um, as we relive hurt that's come up in our lives and as we start to reevaluate the relationships we're in and think about what is important and um, how we're building with one another and how we're accountable to one another. So I love you, Jules. Thank you. She also listens to the show. <laughs> she a Trillbilly fan. <laughs> So I'm going to queue up here a, um, a session from my radio show that I recorded a couple weeks ago with Michella, this amazing singer-songwriter from right, right here in Whitesburg, doing um, a Fleetwood Mac cover for a Spooky Friday the 13th special that happened just after um, the last um, Feminist Friday show that we did this year. So um, here's Michella on... Uh, talking spooky stuff and Stevie Nicks. Yes. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thanks. I feel like I have a private concert in here. This is, <laughs> this is amazing. All right. You got the, you got all this paper out here. Oh, it's legit, cause like, too legit to like, quit in here. you know, let's, uh, let's play some spooky songs on the radio. I'm like, what what's spooky what's considered spooky so i was like i'll pick out three songs and then i'll just bring them in and play them yes <laughs> all the spook everything's spooky right now trump's president every morning <laughs> every morning is a fresh hot hell of scary stuff buddy we, i ain't, i ain't had a non-spooky day since uh october last year it, it that really is true it's like an ongoing four-year horror story yeah i'm terrified every day every day of my life i'm scared if you ain't scared you ain't awake baby wake up it is october friday the 13th and stuff is scary that that is too real too real okay what you got next up for us um Let's see. I guess I'll play uh, Rhiannon by Fleetwood Mac because, you know, Ooh, witchy. The White witchy. Witch. Yeah. I can't a little Stevie where. in here. Can't go wrong. I could bail through the night Wouldn't you love to love her Takes to the sky like a bird in flight And who will be her lover All your life you never seen a woman Taken by the wind Would you stay if she promised you heaven Will you ever win she is like a cat in the dark And then she is the darkness She rules her life like a fine skylark And when the sky is starless All your life you never seen a woman Taken by the wind Would you say if she promised you heaven Will you ever win? Will you ever win, Rihanna? Rihanna. She rings like a bell through the night. Wouldn't you love to love her? She rolls her life like a bird in flight. And who will be her lover? All your life you've never seen a woman taken by the wind. Would you stay if she promised you heaven? 
Will you ever win? Will you ever win? Reignite. Reignite. Take him by, take him by the sky. Take him by, take him by the sky. Take him by, take him by the sky. Rihanna, dreams on wine, loves the state of mind. Dreams on wine, loves the state of mind. <laughs> yes. That's one of my favorite little witchy tunes. I know. Like, I, have to, I have to play that. God, Stevie Nicks is everything. I've seen her twice oh. within a year. What a good year. Yeah. It was like the same tour. I was like, I know everything that's going to be talked about, <laughs> but I do not care. Like, I know that Prince tribute is coming and I'm going to cry. <laughs> I love it. Oh, what tunes did they do for the Prince tribute? Oh, yeah, during Edge of Seventeen, like, the backdrop is just, like, a collage of, like, prints and all of this cool effects, and I was just, like, tears flowing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Did they do a Prince tune? No, I don't don't think so. But, like, at the end of it, you know, it's just, like, um, she was, like, I know what it sounds like when doves cry. Like, that's how she ended the song, and I was just, like, oh, my God. He's like, just like a white window. And then she like ties oh that in. And I'm like, God. This, oh, my God. Uh, it was like wow. chills. Oh, it's See, like, uh, I can't imagine seeing her do this. I cried twice. <laughs> I'm about to cry. <laughs> Don't make me cry this early in the day. God. It was so much. Oh, I have a favorite spot in this building to cry, so it's not here. So, um. <laughs> Oh, you'll have to tell me your favorite cry spot. Yeah, I have a cry spot in the building. <laughs> You can't make me cry outside. <laughs> Come on, guys. Who doesn't have a special secret place in their workspace where they go and cry? I just can't believe that that's not a normal thing. So I will eventually show Michella where I go to cry when I need to in the building. But other than her, it is top secret. My next shout out Um, and story of strength is about um, Wanda, another close loved one of mine. We were roommates for the first three years. We lived in Whitesburg together, and um, a couple summers ago, we got to travel overseas together, and we backpacked Europe for two weeks. That sounds um, so posh. It was my first time out of the country, my only time out of the country, and maybe it will uh, remain my only time. Um, but she had studied abroad before. And so luckily, um, was director of the whole event and she had like printed out, um, laminated copies of our tickets and all of our plans. And, um, we ended up spending a week in the coal fields of Wales, um, in a pretty, (laughs) in a pretty amazing situation. Um, meeting with community members and um, going to places like the Dove Workshop, which it, in um, the coalfields of Wales, of southern Wales, which is a, um, a old coal company office that went under and they um, let it go to waste. It was abandoned. And these women in the community um, asked if they could have it. They raised the money to clean it up, to restore it, and then they turned it into a daycare center a workshop center, a community kitchen, a restaurant, uh, and uh, eventually they um, built a relationship with the university, the um, local university, and started being able to offer night classes for college credit to the women in their community. One of the most beautiful places I've ever been to and seen, and they also have windmills on their property. Uh, It's a pretty, it was um, a very emotional time, but I digress. 
the point is Wanda is a ride or die kind of bitch and uh, we have rode quite a bit um, she has caught a glimpse of the world that we deserve and she does all she can to work toward it um, she was even when she lived in a big city before moving here she was even snatched off the street by cops because of her activism and um, drug through months of court trials for something she didn't do and was not released from felony charges until the person who did commit the crime came forward um, so she has a lot of trauma connected to cops and uh, still she just recently um, was a part of local organizing to resist Nazis, uh, both here in Eastern Kentucky and Pikeville, um, and also in Charlottesville. Wanda is one of the most brave people I know, and also one of the first to ask if I need anything when I'm feeling bad, or to just show up randomly with candles and chocolate, uh, because she knows that's what she likes, <laughs> and um, that will bring a smile to about anyone's face. Wanda's also an artist and a really, a really talented um, cross-stitcher and doodler <laughs> and zine maker. And we've uh, often talked about creating a zine together called Poop Stains <laughs> about all of the times we've um, messed up bathrooms or had unfortunate poop situations. And we uh, even we even created like a poop stains at gmail.com once so that we could collect other people's funny poop stories. But um, I will tell my favorite poop ish story about Wanda from when we were in Wales together when we first got there we were in Cardiff in the big city and um, you know we'd been all over Europe and these toilets were all kind of different um, I saw my first uh, waterless hot water tank and <laughs> all this um, really cool shit but um, a, a, several of the toilets um, that you flushed by pulling a chain um, and so that was a pretty different thing for us. There was like a chain over your head that you pulled to flush the toilet. And so we get to Cardiff and we go into like a visitor center to try to figure out what train we're getting on and all this stuff. And um, she goes in to use the restroom. And so I'm standing there with this other guy and we're talking and trying to figure things out. And all of a sudden this alarm goes off, like the building alarm goes off. And I'm looking around trying to figure out what's going on. And this guy's like oh my god and he like runs he's like looking around trying to figure things out too and about the time um, Wanda comes out of the bathroom and saying I'm sorry I'm sorry it was me I, I, I messed up I'm sorry sorry so there was an emergency cord hanging from the ceiling near the toilet in the restroom because it was like a handicapped accessible restroom and, and she thought that it was the cord to flush the toilet <laughs> and so she set an alarm off in this entire building <laughs> the Cardiff um, Wales Visitor Center because she thought that it was how you were supposed to flush the toilet. <laughs> so that was our entrance into the country of Wales. <laughs> anyway, I love uh, Wanda a lot and I'm really thankful for the adventures we've had and um, for the vulnerability that she shows in trying to understand um, the way the world should be and how we get there together. Wanda gave me one of my favorite books called Revolutionary Letters by Deanna Prima. She's just a wealth of knowledge of um, revolutionary content and resources, and I'm so thankful to um, have her also in my starting lineup. Last shout out, but far from least, is for another mom in my life that means the world to me. We'll call her Vern. She is a dreamer and a doer um, and a charming, witty, funny-as-all-hell inspiration in my life. And she is um, often there when I call and need her to take me to the doctor because I'm not going to be able to drive myself home. And she has a seven-year-old daughter who brings tons of joy into the lives of anyone who comes into contact with her. And she recently married one of the good guys um, and had a beautiful wedding um, with all of our chosen family 
that will go down in history as one of the best parties around. Such a good time. The two of them have a grand chariot, uh, a party van that we have used to take ourselves to many a great adventures, ghost hunts at Halloween and music festivals all year long, light shows and ball games, and you name it. Um, anywhere a hot tub might be, we will roam. And she's often um, driving that big old van in her big old sunglasses uh, and just an inspiration to us all. Um, I'm so thankful to have her in my life and to be learning and growing with her. She's an incredible uh, mother and feminist and witch. If this coven has a supreme, it is probably her because she often uh, hosts our witchy gatherings um, and helps us call the corners and bring together all of the materials that we need to set intentions and spells um, and put good into the world together. She's also a lover of animals and will bring about any animal into her home, including ones that belong to people, but she believes are being mistreated. <laughs> I have certainly uh, helped her steal dogs before that she felt were not being treated right, and she would get them the care they needed and then place them in a home. And that's a really emotional thing to commit to, right? To uh, fall in love with this animal, knowing that you will get attached and then love it enough to send it to find it a good home. She's also an artist, of course, and has helped me make many a patches for many events, um, doodles and paints and draws and inspires us all to be better, to be better people. She's so creative and um, I'm lucky enough for her to be my own personal interior designer. She is a fashion icon, and we're all better off uh, because she's in our lives. That's all we have this week for Trillbillies. I just thought it was a really important time for us to show up for women, talk about the women in our lives, um, and hold space for the critical contributions that women put into our lives and our world and how bleak um, a future we would have without the women that I know. And I'm sure we all can name women like this that we know. Um, I think I am pretty lucky. So uh, maybe I'll start taking write-ins and see if y'all can beat that. But <laughs> we didn't even get into uh, the moms and the sisters and the aunts that have shaped me into the person I am and continue to be a huge influence in my life. Maybe next time the boys are out of town, I'll tackle that subject. So um, I'm going to sign off and send you out with a never before heard besides the live edition uh, compilation between Amethyst Kia of Johnson City, Tennessee and the local honeys of Eastern and Central Kentucky doing May the Circle Be Unbroken together on the Apple Shop stage. This is the first time they've performed together on stage and the only time that I'm aware of that they did this song together. So um, enjoy and get your tissues ready because this is a tearjerker. Thanks you all. Be good to each other. And um, I really appreciate you listening to this episode my first solo run and a very different take on Trillbillies. So uh, tell the boys you like it or they'll give me hell about it forever. So I'll see y'all out there in the streets and in the interwebs. Take care.